comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Edge of Tomorrow. Today! Tomorrow? Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello, friends! Out... <laughs> so, friends? So earnest. Hello, friends! <laughs> Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We also have fun covering various movie topics with a main review that's mostly spoiler-free, that's sandwiched right in between everything else. This is episode 154, 154. Pretty good, huh? And uh, this week we are talking about Edge of Tomorrow, the new sci-fi Tom Cruise movie. He needs one of those like every every other year, I guess. I think so. Uh, I think he so. does great in them. Uh, and joining us today for Edge of Tomorrow, we have from FirstShowing.net, recently back from the front lines of Kane, of Khan, it's Alex Billington. Hey, what's up guys? How's it going? How you doing? Good. Good. Glad to have you. Glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks. Sorry, I've been yeah, I'm glad uh, you looking made forward it back. to come back. Yes. Talk movies. Glad that you made it back from the beaches of Can Con. Yeah, that was definitely Cain. almost didn't make it back. They almost kept me there and turned me into a French citizen. <laughs> As they're wont to do. Yeah. They and you would have never had me on the show. Yeah. The uh, the best way to remember Con Abe is just to thank James Con. So you just go to the James, ah. the James Con Film Festival and you're there. Yeah. Well, you know, we're he and I are friends, so I just call him Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy Con it's still Jimmy Con. Jimmy Con. But uh, that's that's the way to do it. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's uh, let's get to a few announcement things here. Um, iTunes and user ratings, good to get those. Helps other people find the show. Helps out our show. Helps us feel just good about doing the show, which we like feeling good anyway. Uh, we got a new review on iTunes, Abe. Woo-hoo! Yeah, this one's from a uh, G Metcalf twenty seven. Says funny guys, and I have similar taste to my own, so I trust them. So we have we have their trust, which uh, makes me happy. Yeah, thanks, J Metcalf. 26? 27. 27. He just had his birthday. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're giving the secrets away to his password. Uh, last week we did announce some raffle winners for the uh, the old iTunes random raffle, and uh, we'll uh, have a couple winners. We that, did have a couple uh, winners, but we'll uh, we'll you know they'll email us, they'll email us and we'll we'll get back to that. But uh, let's just put out there that we'll have another contest soon enough. It's always fun to have contests on the show and whatnot. So uh, we'll get there. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to uh, know everybody. Reach Weekly, Abe and I ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know no, everybody. Right, we do this a bit differently, Alex, this time. Now now it's just Abe and Ooh. I asking questions, so you don't have to do anything. You just have to sit there and answer. Okay. Yeah. It's really simple. No and uh, Abe, why don't you start this one? Okay. For everybody, actually, if you guys were a part of a movie about battles and war, so, you know, you could be in the battle of Skynet versus the humans or... The, 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 the classic example of Skynet versus the humans that everyone goes to when they're discussing <laughs> war... You're you're in the back office though. You're in the back office. You're like a, a four-star general or whatever. You don't have to be on the front lines. Which war would you guys want to be in? Which war would I want? Oh, but we're in the back, so we're. Uh... Yeah, so you're kind of like leading these operations and you're kind of creating all this military strategy. But you know, which one do you think could be feasible to win? That would, is that the one you'd choose? Grenada. 
Grenada. <laughs> you go in real life. <laughs> oh, like, what, I can make up some war? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, a, a movie, a movie war. Oh, a movie war. Oh, yeah. okay. Hence, hence Skynet. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, movie yeah. war. Where we could possibly win? Well, it wouldn't be Skynet. Judgment Day's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Movie war. What movie wars have there been? What, like, what fake movie? I'll go uh, wag the dog. I'll uh, do the fake war. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll, the, I'll be one of the PAs on the the, the, the movie war of Wag the Duck. Filming screaming people and putting clip packages together. Getting, getting a Kirsten Dunst a bag of chips that she can hold that they'll replace with a cat later in post. People should see Wag the Dog. That movie's amazing. Should, uh, <laughs> that, was movie. yeah. that was like the year that Primary Colors came out too, yeah? Yeah, 98 was like a good like, hey, we're making like fun political yeah. commentary movies. <laughs> Bullworth was around that time too. I love Bullworth. Bullworth. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Uh, love that song. Well, get a superstar. Get a superstar, yeah. But they made a great point. He makes a great point when he's ranting. Alex, any war answer? Oh, uh, I was going to say, just because this has been on my mind recently, but, and there's no hope in winning, although that could be debated, but uh, the Matrix Wars? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I always like, uh, maybe I'm just weird, but um, I always uh, love the scene in, I think it's Revolutions, maybe, where uh, they come and land at the main base down at the core of Zion or whatever, and... Yeah. Maybe it's the second one, actually. That um, sounds like revolution so far. Go on. Well, no, there's the the scene where they come in, and like in the landing, there was that white room where they have all the people like hooked in, running the big. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And re- that's reloaded, yeah. Yeah, I was always like, that'd be so badass to just <laughs> run, like, be jacked in, running controls. Like, imagine that for like a uh, uh, the people who run airport terminals. I forget the name where they're right just, now. Yeah, where they're just jacked in and. Yeah, like air traffic control dudes. Like instead of being in the tall tower, they just like jack in and just like float around the airport landing planes. They're like all minority reporting. They're all using t- like virtual <laughs> virtual yeah. touch screens. Touch screens. Yeah. 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 No, it looked cool, but plus I just like the whole fight against the machines. Screw the machines. Down with Mr. Smith. Neo forever. Those are all uh, t-shirts and signs that you can buy at the Zion gift shop, actually. <laughs> the Zion gift shop? I would buy them! Yeah, there's one Zion gift shop. It's on the it's on the floor close to the bottom where, um... Where Anthony, where, right where, next to the Haagen-Dazs shop. Where, uh, yeah, right next to the Haagen-Dazs where Anthony Zerb's character is like, I've been sleeping all my life, so I just keep up at night. That's, that's where... Here's some deep cuts right here. Some Anthony Zerb references going on. Um, okay, moving on. I have a question. Yeah. What day would you want to repeat again and again and again until you get it right? Like, is there, like, a day in your life where you're like, I could have done so many things differently? Mm. I, I was going to say, my answer was already made into a movie, though. <laughs> um, that one time when you were drafted for war accidentally and were <laughs> put on the front lines? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, another time last year. No, wait, that's not what it's called, is it? Um, About time? Rich- Yes! Oh. The Richard Curtis movie. Because I was going to say, I can't I can't say one day in my past, but my answer would be the day I meet the one I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. I still haven't seen that movie, and I really want to. I, I haven't yeah. seen it. I heard that it's a, it's a very, very tearful movie. It's been on the top of my Netflix view since it's yeah. been out. <laughs> and that's the thing, is it actually addresses this exact idea where it's like, oh, if you had the chance to redo the one day where you met someone, like, A, would it make any difference? Would you actually improve? And then, like, B, does fate, like, change? Or would it be, you know, you'd meet her and no matter how perfect you got it on the right time, you still wouldn't end up with her the rest of your life? Like, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting... I love the film, but it's a very personal film. That was my answer. (laughs) Cool. I like that answer. Abe? I'd choose the day that Skynet takes on its own personality... (laughs) Just because, so that 
we can figure out. No, I wouldn't do that. And I need Arnold Schwarzenegger there to help me out. I don't know. I mean, there are days that are pretty cool. Just like yesterday, I had a, I just spent a, a lot outside a lot. If you just kept on going bowling or kept on going to the batting cages, wouldn't that be pretty fun too? You went outside and bowling and to the batting cages? What kind of wonderful day was this? this it was a great day. <laughs> it was a great day. I have terrible answers for these, by the way. All right. <laughs> That's how we play uh, Note, everybody. Let's do a little add-up quickies. Yep. Each week out now, we have one main movie of the week that we talk about. We have other movies that we see during the week. So we have... Yep. Okay. That was quick. It's a quick one. Pretty, yeah. Six-shooter rapid fire. Okay. Abe, have you seen any other movie this week? I watched Chef. I, yeah. I had a good time seeing Chef. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, father-son stuff, which I didn't see. And I kind of wish that there was more, uh, what's-his-face, Bobby Cannavale from it. But er, the cameos were great. I think that there's one cameo about his boss, and I thought the person did a very terrific job of being a jerk. Uh, I mean, they're all all their names are on the poster. I don't oh, think it's okay. as much of a spoiler to say. Dustin <laughs> Hoffman is very good being a jerk in this movie. And I like the uh, the social media presence of, I guess, people attacking each other and then calling them out on it. But no, overall, it's a very fun movie. I think everyone should go see it. My audience was primarily like, average age is probably like 55, maybe 60. But hey, that shouldn't stop you from seeing a pretty good movie. And like, it like expanded out to like a like 12, 1200 theaters this week. So I was like, yeah, all right, chef, make some money, do it. Well, it's weird that it's like expanding so late, but I guess that was their plan all along. It was like, start slow and then go from big, but... Well, people get hungry and hungrier, all right? No, but all I know, right. but I, 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 I was like right at the beginning. I'm like, go see this movie, and then it wasn't playing anywhere, so now it is. Uh, Alex, any uh, other movie that you've seen this week that you can talk about, I guess? Yeah, you know, I have no idea if I can talk about it, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I just saw How to Train a Dragon 2 last morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was so good. It was so good. I loved it. Uh, it I, I wrote a very... Um, bold tweet saying that this is finally proof that DreamWorks Animation can make a movie on the same quality as Pixar. Uh, because this like this series really gets down to like the core of a great animated movie where it has a lot of like fun goofy stuff, but not like it it wasn't even DreamWorks fun goofy stuff. It was finally just like well done cartoony goofy mixed with like all these really great themes of being nice to animals and our souls and <laughs> and then also just like there's this sort of rising up against the leaders and just sort of being your own person. I don't know. It was really, really, really good. And it's like one of the few animated movies I've seen this year. So maybe that's not a good time. But uh, I, it, I just went out of my way to see it, and I really loved it. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be talking about How to Train Your Dragon 2 next week. Yeah, uh, it's fine to jump of... ahead. But, uh, no, uh, so no it's worries. fine. No, I'm, I'm no. just saying there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of sentiments that I'll let go on that yeah. one. But uh... well, I'm curious. I'm I, I I was also worried that like I might be the, the only one thinking this because the person next to me like walked out halfway through, which I was very confused why on a Saturday morning they felt the need to leave out of Train and Dragon unless it was that terrible. But uh... you thought that it was just gonna be real dragons in there. I. <laughs> <laughs> The classic re- Wait a minute. Hold on. It's all animated? <laughs> this movie doesn't have any collateral in it. Arnold, you lied to me. Is that some dark memory you have, Abe? No. You walked out during collateral damage? Like, wait a minute. I don't, I don't walk out on movies. He lost his family. What collateral does he have? <laughs> There's no house in his name. <laughs> like you thought his name was collateral damage. <laughs> Mr. Damage. Mr. Damage, yeah. I saw The Fault in Our Stars. Ah. I was... This... 
<laughs> this movie's tricky because I didn't dislike it. I think it's well acted, but I feel like I get exactly who it's for. And I can recommend it to that audience and they'll eat it up. And they clearly have since it made like, what, $50 million at the box office this weekend. Um, but it's like, it's fine for what it is. It's not one that like got to me. And I guess the way that it's getting to a good number of people, like I was in the, when I saw it at a press screening, people were sobbing during this movie and I almost cried during How to Train Your Dragon too. I didn't cry during this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I didn't find it manipulative. I would say that the the way it earns its kind of um, well, here's here's a question. Tearing it, yeah. What does that mean? What can you clarify? What manipulative means, like for the audience? When I say manipulative, I think there's a like when you get when you have a movie like this that's that's about kids that have cancer and that there is going to be inevitably some kind of tragedy that occurs for one of them if not both, or neither, or just other circumstances get in the way, regardless of the cancer. I think there's a there's a level of acceptance you have to have that going to hit certain beats that'll be emotional to you, whether you relate to them or you just care about these characters or it taps into things that happen in your own life. And I wouldn't call that manipulative, necessarily. There's a there's a there's filmmaking involved that could make it seem that way, but I don't think this is I don't think it's bad filmmaking in this movie that gets you to that point, as opposed to other movies that insert certain things that are just clearly designed to have no other reaction but to tug at your heart to make you cry i feel like the fault in our stars does a good job of presenting the movie and the subject matter that it has without making it feel modeling like without making it feel like it's purposely trying to get you to a certain place it's just that's the story that it's telling which puts you on a level of having to be in a certain emotional state i guess that sounds exactly like what i expected to be yeah, and I mean, some people just don't want to, you know, some people just want to dig that regardless. Yeah, regardless. I was expecting it to be, too. Yeah, and that's what I was expecting it to yeah. be. Huge rise in score while they talk about, I missed you so much, I wish I had more time with you on Earth. Like, no, I guess maybe that doesn't happen. Not in that way. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because you're terrible, but, um... <laughs> Should have done it in the Kermit voice. But, no, I wouldn't, like, some movies, I like, can just kind of see through it for what they're trying to do. And I can say that I see where the movie's, just, where Fallen Stars was going, but I wouldn't say that's one that really, like, felt like it was trying to push me somewhere, necessarily. Okay. I feel like, because I, I haven't read, I haven't read this book, which is apparently very popular, but, um... Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I can, I feel like the, the, I guess the, the writing style or the prose must be more... It, it must be doing something to get a lot of people really excited about this kind of thing. Because I feel like I was expect based on the popularity it has, like, oh, there must be something, like, extra special about this beyond being exactly what it seems like, but it just turned out to be exactly what it seemed like. So I'm like, all right, this book just be, must be really well-written or something, because yeah. I don't quite get what's so compelling about this compared to other kind of YA novels that are popular, but whatever. Yeah, it's, just yeah, I mean, sad, it's just a, like, story of love, endearing, even to the top five, right? Yeah, but, but you also have, like, kids kind of talking about how they're bucking the trends, even though they're following exactly every beat of this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, just, it's exactly the like thing. the Breakfast Club, guys. It's exactly that's, the, that's the other thing, too, though. I mean, they there's a lot of kind of talking in a way that makes them kind of well beyond their years. But yeah. at the same time, I kind of realized part of the way through, I'm like, well, they're just, they're kids. And kids do kind of talk like that, I guess, actually. So it's like, I can't really hold it against them. That's well, say, maybe that's why they like it so much, is that it's kind of like, oh, this is really cool. I wish other people talked like this. So since I they see where that comes from. I have to read. There's, there's a lot of adults that seem to relate to this, too. So it's like, all right, well, someone's getting A lot of adults say radical, man. Well, now they do, because radical is like a 20-year-old term. <laughs> <laughs> we need to insert that clip from Millhouse. That's my word. Anyway. All right. <laughs> As the fall of their stars, and that's not cookies. Yep. 
move on to movie trailer talk where each week we talk about some of the newest trailers when we thought about them when we're, when they're coming out and what have you and first up we have the equalizer i think we only have the equalizer you're right dave we do only have the equalizer <laughs> um this is the new film reteaming denzel washington and director anton antoine fuqua uh, training day fame of course and um this one has denzel washington reprising a role made famous in the um is it a 70s show i think the equalizer no, my bad. It's an 80s show. Oh, yeah. really off. My God. It's 80, yeah. Mid-80s. The 80s show, The Equalizer, with, uh, oh, and he just died, too, with uh, Edward Woodward, who I think I last saw in Hot Fuzz. I think, I think he died, like, right after Hot Fuzz. Regardless, Denzel, in, the, in this equal, in this take on The Equalizer, he's a former black ops commando who faked his death for a quiet life in Boston, comes out of require, retirement to rescue a young girl and finds himself face-to-face with Russian gangsters. I think, I think Chloe, Chloe Moretz is the young girl that he comes out to rescue. Because why not? Denzel Washington saves white girls. I think that's what we learned in his recent career. <laughs> <laughs> Something he does. And, um, I'm thinking back on it, it's like, it's pretty true. <laughs> uh, Alex, thoughts on the trailer for The Equalizer? I don't know, it looks pretty good. I, I like I like the, uh, like, his action beats, like, the, the countdown thing, and, like, it, like, he's, like, 15 seconds or whatever. But it's just, like, uh, the thought that keeps going through my mind is that Kind of almost what you just talked about with Fault in Our Stars. Like, is this anything more than another vigilante movie? Like, is he just going to kick the Russian mob's ass and that's that? And, we're, you know, we get two hours of Denzel Washington kicking ass, which, if that's the case, then so be it. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I, I, it looks good, and Chloe Moretz is now the, like, young girl in fucking everything, so why not? No, I think it looks cool. Abe? I am all for Denzel kicking some ass, uh, so I, I'm excited to see it. I, I was also thinking... Man, I wonder if the equalizer means that the Russian mob also has another guy who also times his fights, and then Denzel and he get it. It's <laughs> just the same two guys with, <laughs> with clocks in yeah, their hands. <laughs> they're equalizing each other out. <laughs> Flavor uh, plays there for no reason. It's like what? Yeah, but with like with Denzel's rise in age and Liam Neeson's you know age right now, it, it'd be, it'd be and great Tom to Cruise. See the, Tom, well, uh, I think the Tom Cruise he might lose in a battle between Liam and Denzel. Uh, they're all you know. They're all pretty good. Yeah, but I mean Denzel versus Liam Neeson, that'd be a and crazy Bruce Willis for that matter. Bruce Willis? But no, I, the trailer looks uh I mean, I don't really so much care about the trailer. Everything looks in it looks very cliche, but I I do want to see Denzel kicking people's teeth in. Yeah, uh, it looks fine. Like I like the cuz I I I know the equalizer. Like I know that show. My dad used to watch. I used to watch some of the equalizer and it's like, "Oh, that's that's a neat one to be turning into a movie, I guess." I didn't see the Denzel connection coming, but whatever. <laughs> but um um, from how it looks, it looks fine. I, like it, Denzel's proven himself as much an action talent as Liam Neeson has in the past several years. Between what Safe House and Two Guns, with uh, Mark, I think I found a Transformer Wahlberg. So I mean, it's uh, <laughs> take me a second to get that one. If, if he wants to continue doing these action movies, it's fine. Like, it's, I, 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 pro- I probably prefer most of these over Flight still. So since everyone else seems to love Flight, except me, I agree with that. Yeah, but um. I don't like much. Good, we're all the same bait on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna roll it. All right, okay. I mean, I would like to see him do the cocaine he was doing in flight, and then do the equalizer. But that would be funny. Oh yeah, that'd be great. That's how he. That's how he's so good at time. He's yeah, that's down. exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like dread. Yeah, he, he uses slow mo. <laughs> but instead of slow mo, he uses fast mo. Good one, Abe. <laughs> really nailed that one. Nailed it. it. Was, Moving on. It was, it was the confidence in your voice. <laughs> Uh, the Equalizer opens up in theaters September 26th, so j- just in time for Oscar season. <laughs> Moving on here, let's get to let's. That's it. That's 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 it for trailers. So let's move on now. Let's get to our main film review for Edge of Tomorrow. 
many times have we been here? How many times? For me, it's been an eternity. The invasion will fail. We lose everything. I die within five minutes of landing on that beach, along with every other soldier. How did you do that? Come on! Come find me when you wake up! Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for Edge of Tomorrow, the latest Tom Cruise sci-fi movie adapted from a Japanese manga titled All You Need Is Kill. Um, neither are a great movie title, I would say, I guess, but um, here we are. I love All You Need Is Kill. I love it's yeah, a, I like a, All we'll You get, Need Is Okay, kill. we'll get to that. Oh, okay. okay, all right. All right, controversy Sheesh. over the title choice. Yeah. Sheesh, indeed. I think we better start over, don't you? What? Uh, Tom Cruise stars as William Not Nick Cage, a man put on the front lines of a major battle during an alien invasion, only to find himself killed within minutes. Things get a bit weird as Cage then wakes up the day before the battle and realizes he'll be repeating the, day, the same day again and again and again and again. I think we better start over, don't you? What? He gains help from another soldier, played by Emily Blunt, who used to have a similar affliction, and the two practice the same day over and over again in an effort to stop the alien threat. Uh, Alex... Was Cruz in enough control for you in this movie? Yes, surprisingly. No, uh, not surprisingly. He was actually. Let's back up a bit because we talked. We've talked about this movie. We we saw the thing at Comic Con. We talked about this during. Oh, like, really? Like we talked. We talked. We talked about this movie during. I think the Elysium podcast. We were talking about like stuff right. we saw at Comic Con, and then we talked about it one night when the trailer came out when we talked about the Hobbit last year. Oh, El Hobbit. And I and I recall you not having the fondest things to say about D- director Doug Lyman. But now oh. here we are. Play the rule of three. Whoa. Whoa. We're finally back. We're finally seen... Alex Billington's scandal here. <laughs> we finally no, seen... is... we finally seen the movie. Well, this is what's interesting. I, like now I want to go back and hear what I said. Uh No, I been... this has been a very interesting story with the movie. Maybe I'll just reveal it all here then. And then nope. I read like part of the script when it was known as All You Need Is Kill years ago, like before Doug Lyman was even attached. Um, because I had heard there was a great script and I wanted to check it out and it's exactly my kind of thing, like time loop sci-fi, I'm like, hell yeah. And then I stopped reading like after 40 pages because I was like, I just want to see this and I don't want to spoil what's going to happen. And then uh, eventually Lyman got on board and I was a little skeptical because he's been sort of off recently where like he can, he can take a good script, but then he just makes it a little muddled in the delivery. And then uh, I heard from test screenings of, from friends in LA who saw this movie like six months ago that they said it was terrible. So then I was fearing the worst. So then it finally came around to seeing it, and by the point I saw it, I had heard good reviews. So I'm like, okay, maybe it'll be better than I thought. But my expectations were still pretty low, or I wasn't trying to think, like, oh, it's going to be the movie of the summer. And maybe all of that helped, because, like, what was delivered when I saw it, which I was also in the perfect setting where, like, you know how it starts and there's that bass that's just, like, rumbling? I was in um, the Dolby Theater in New York City, so... Like, the volume and the sound in that theater is perfect. And the mm. sound in this movie is nuts sometimes. Like, just the rumbling and the action. Um, so when I saw it, everything came together. And I was like, this is really good. Like, it just, 
it's a solid package, I think. And it, it, it doesn't waste too much time and details. And maybe that's what they cleaned up in the test screening process is just like how much of, you know, the same story you need to show over and over again. And like, I really liked watching Tom Cruise progress. I remember when, yeah. when, you, when you first see him in that first scene, like he's, he's such an asshole and you're like, fuck this guy, like the, the PR dude. And you're like, God, he's such a dick. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking to myself, like, how am I going to like this guy for the rest of the movie? And then that's what happens is it, it starts to get more into more liking him. And then like he obviously the whole character lesson he goes through is he learns his lesson about, you know, life and love and war. Like to answering your question about Cruz, like I was really convinced he's good. He does it. He, he can play that both sides and take you through it. And he can play the cocky guy and then he can play the, the dude who's cool. Like I love the scene later on. This isn't a big spoiler or anything, but when he finally like starts to get badass and like, the one where he's just like tired of everything, he's just like screw it, and he just walks around with that like, like just pissed off look on his face. I was like, yeah, he's awesome here as he was at the beginning as well. So I don't know, I really enjoyed it despite my original Doug Lyman complaints. <laughs> he's alleged, up. alleged complaints, right, Alex? Yeah, right. I mean, he has to go back to the tapes and review them before he can. Acknowledge whether they were. Oh, I'll send you a link to the Hobbit podcast. <laughs> I, I want to hear it. No, I will. I will. I think we better start over, don't you? What? Abe, I thought this was an excellent summer movie. This is. It's just overall. That makes me so happy. I'm yeah. so worried that you're not gonna like this. I mean, no, really, this, is... this one too. <laughs> no, exactly. If it if it had been such the case that I came in here and I was like, dude, I was kind of mildly disappointed. I would be like, this is a bad summer. For, for movies, except for Captain America 2. Uh, not summer. Or, yeah, I guess not summer. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah. But, no, this is an excellent summer movie. This is exactly what I, what people should go to summer movies to see, is just great action, like, a funny enough story in the beginning, and then it gets kind of tonally serious, but I, I'm a big fan of Tom Cruise, uh, good or bad, because I remember watching him back in Top Gun, and I was like, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy, you know, I want to be like that guy. No, this is a fun movie, and it's got some badass, like, action scenes in it. I kind of wish that there were more action scenes in it uh, with the sword fighting. Kind of going Japanese anime where it would cut somebody, slow-mo for a second, and then the guy would just, like, explode or something. And I kind of wish that there was, like, uh, some more rocket propeller action. But I do like the characters just from the get-go because, like what Alex had said, I was kind of confused when Tom Cruise first shows up. It's like, I'm just a PR guy. And I was like, wait, I'm, I, aren't I supposed to root for you? But as it goes along and as these iterations keep happening, it's, I do exactly, I love that scene too, Alex, where you just wake up, he wakes up and you can see the disdain on his face of just like, all right, you know, like, I can't do anything about that. So I'm so tired right now, but I have to redo this and I don't know why. I think we better start over, don't you? What? But yeah, Emily Blunt is great in it. Super hot looking when she when you first meet her. Um, I love the, the the first the first thing you need to say, of course. Yeah, <laughs> that she looks super hot. John Krasinski, you are a lucky man, sir. Uh, what else about Blunt was great in the movie? Eh? Her action sequences, and also that she is not the the female sex symbol, or she's not the female like uh, save me kind of character. It's more of like, look, let's kick ass together. Because we both have to solve this issue. Sure, there's like some minor problems of like, you know, Brendan Gleason just very nonchalantly saying, hey, look, you're going to be embedded with this group here. 
And sure, you don't really get a sense of what the mimics are all about, but the the movie is fun enough for you to forget those things. It's funny you mentioned the mimics because I, I like I I get I get why they're not represented that much, and that really just didn't bother me. Like I just had no concern over the alien threat in this movie beyond what stakes they have of like they're going to take over if they win that kind of thing. But with that said, yeah, I love this movie. I think Edge of Tomorrow is with the exception of maybe one thing that we'll talk about soon, um, is easily the best movie this summer so far. The only thing that could rival it is maybe Dawn of the Planet of the Apes at this point, if that turns out to be as good as I want it to be. Everything about this movie, just the way it's made, the way the characters are handled, the way the premise is handled, the fact that it's actually really fun along with being very clever, all that stuff just worked tremendously for me. I I think it just does a great job of having this this premise, this idea, and turning it into a full-scale summer action sci-fi war movie it's just very creatively done i think the for making a movie about time loops i think there's some really creative stuff done with editing and how it how it turns the kind of montage work into actual storytelling devices where you see the evolution of a character based on the fact that he's repeating the same day again and again and again and you don't necessarily need to see every single day which leads to some good reveals later on where you have tom cruise like having already done certain things and explaining certain things because of that without having to show him doing those things. Like, it's very creative in that sense, and it's very there's very good visual storytelling done. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can just kind of do an exposition dump to really explain everything, but it, for the most part, keeps that fairly light. And when it is handled, it's handled in a way that's fairly entertaining. Like, you get an explanation for the time loop thing, but it doesn't feel like it's bogging down the story. It just feels like, well, we've already seen it, so now we have, like, a bit more understanding of this, and now we can move on. And... It's just it's it's just so well handled and it's fun. I can't emphasize that enough. Like yeah. it's just super fun and like it's not something I didn't expect because I don't know about you guys, but when I watch a Tom Cruise movie, I tend to have fun in them. He knows how to he knows how to keep the humor alive while also having various stakes involved. And so it's like <laughs> oh. on the Fourth of July was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was super funny. But no, in terms of his action movies, which yeah, he makes nothing but action movies. I mean, these days, I mean, even in something like War of the Worlds, like he knows how to keep kind of a somewhat of a sense of humor about himself in various situations all those mission impossible movies even oblivion last year. like there's a lot of fun to have in these movies and that matters i think a lot when when you mentioned when mentioned mission impossible i just thought of the uh the uh... mission accomplished yes. which almost happens again in this movie <laughs> anyhow yeah, dug it completely. Dug it. Yeah, Bill Paxton's yeah. fun too. I like Bill Paxton quite. Yeah, a bit. the fact that it's very fun and funny. Like he says, he has great comedic lines in the beginning, and it's actually just like Bill Paxton is in this movie, and Bill Paxton was just, I loved that guy, because um, he's just like bringing some some lines and some facial tics, and it's really funny. And I like the way that you, or the way the way that an audience member goes through this, sort of they think linearly, but like what Aaron said, it's actually. Uh, it's actually a, a, a storyline trick in which um, you know you don't have to see every iteration, and I'm glad that they don't show the iteration number on the screen. It's like oh, iteration number fifty-seven or something oh, like that. Oh, that's boring. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just like hey, go with the story, and it's actually kind of sad when he gets to that point where some things are revealed, and it's just like you know, what, how many times have you done this? And it's like you know, whatever happens next, and his explanation of why he doesn't want to do it is just—it's kind of heartbreaking. Um, and then he no, just I... gets. Super sad, super soldiery. I love how they convey that kind of what through Aaron, what Aaron was saying through the editing, and they like yeah. he, there's never a moment where you know that oh he just did this 50 times in a row, but you feel it through what they're saying and what like what you just said through that you just see it and you're just like oh damn he just did this like a hundred times. 
I think we'd better start over, don't you? What? <laughs> and how and how redundant that would feel, but how like what you would get out of doing that so much. Like they handled it really well in in a way that I haven't seen handled that way since like Groundhog's Day, or I guess maybe Looper too. Yeah. And I certainly enjoyed the aspects or, uh, of the source source code. Source, definitely source code. Yeah, but oh, I enjoyed yeah. the aspects of the the how they played with it in such a way that even though it takes place over just a, like literally like a day and a half, it's like twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they can accomplish a lot because it just repeats, right? So he could yeah. do whatever he would need to do to learn these things, uh, and then kind of still go back to the the same day there. Yeah, like I love the. Like it, it, I love the way it'll, it'll cut a whole sequence to like, like it won't even show most of the day. It'll jump ahead, and yet like things will have already happened that he did earlier in the day, and you don't even need to see him have done those in a different way. Like yeah, it's it's cool the way they handle all of that. I really like that. I don't know. I mean, I wonder how much like testing and how much editing they had to go through to get it to this point where like everything was satisfied and. Like audiences were like, oh yeah, I got enough of everything. Versus like, oh, there was way too much of this. I kept, I kept yeah. wondering when that would happen. If we'd be like, oh, I've seen this scene way too many times. Yeah, it's, I, I do. Again, I think the editing job and you know whatever Doug Lyman's been doing as a director, like it, it really works well here. Like I think it, it's a. I mean, the movie's under two hours. Like, yeah, has there been yeah. any other summer blockbuster movie that's been under two hours so far? <laughs> like, it's this year. Like, this movie is it's nice and lean. It keeps moving. And it just it has a great pace for itself. You and like I mean you have things like the the relationship between Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise's character. I mean it's based on the fact that you these people only know each other for like a day. There's a, there's a good way of how they've managed to capture like a history between the two throughout the film that I think is really well done. Mm-hmm. And it's things like that that go along with like yeah the action school, but it, like it's a very it's a very crafty screenplay. It, it does a good job of kind of representing the things it needs to that you know seem to matter the most so you get to the end, which is you know obviously more very action based, but you feel like things matter because of how everything's been set up beforehand. Yeah, and it's a shame this movie's not doing better. That I, really I saw me. that on the box <laughs> office. I was actually hoping that it would do much better. Which I was like, listen to our podcast and then go watch it immediately because we we need this movie to keep going. It's like this is the one that's gonna yeah. not do as well. Like we get X Men, and I know a lot of people love X Men, but that movie's doing all right. Yeah, it was doing really good. You get Spider Man. And God knows I'm the one that likes Spider-Man too, but I don't. I mean, that movie <laughs> compared to this movie, it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, Edge <laughs> of Tomorrow's the the one that has the one guy that's like continuing to just churn out entertaining movies. Tom Cruise, one of the bigger movie stars in the world, he's the one that has to have the flop. Like, come on. Well, it's not a flop, but I don't understand. I know it's not a flop, you know, yeah, it's not, yeah. yeah. And I, I can only hope word of mouth will be great, and it'll just have legs. Like, that'd be great. Like, it has yeah, some time before... Legs. It, it has some time before uh, Michael Boom Boom Bay's robot barbecue get-together comes out at the end of July or the end of this month, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see. That's yeah. I wonder if it was just, like, placed at the time of the summer where everyone was like, oh, I already just saw a bunch of action movies. I want to not... Like, the next one I'll see is Transformer. And it's just at that, like, down spot where it's like, well, I'd rather go out this weekend than go see a Tom Cruise movie. We'll Which see. sucks for it, because it... I don't know. It, it, it needed more of that, like... I The whole... The thing that really turned it around for me was the, like, last week of great reviews, where everyone started to come out being like, yeah, this movie's great. Go see it. And then... Like, I thought that would help, and yet, lo and behold, apparently not. But, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe it will continue to help. I, I wonder, uh, what, like, has, do, you, do you guys know what the um, cinema score is, or whatever that one? Because right yeah. I always wonder if, like, if that's a good gauge of 
like our general audience is liking it enough to then make other people. Want as, to as long as you understand how to round with cinema score, it's fine. But yeah, it's yeah. a B plus. But I mean, I thought that the the because uh, uh, they started releasing some of the review stuff. Yeah, like what Alex said, like possibly a week earlier. And I know that they usually release things on Wednesdays, but um, it was tracking very well. And I was hoping that people. I mean, my theaters were pretty packed to see it. And I'm uh, when I looked at the box office totals this morning, I was kind of bummed out actually third place maybe it's one of those like middle america didn't go to see it kind of shenanigans uh, i don't know that that would it kills me like tom cruise who's yeah. like great in this movie and like he's such a huge sci-fi fan like that's so evident based on like my, like all these sci-fi movies he's doing like the guy clearly loves doing sci-fi it's so neat that like one of our biggest movie stars is like a giant geek for sci-fi movies the guy actually believes in aliens yet you can't see the selling up tickets <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of its success, I mean, box office success, the movie itself just is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is Let's very... talk about this title again. We're going to talk about the title. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so it's called Edge of Tomorrow, which I think is fairly generic. It's like, all right. Yes. That's, that's, I, I don't know if people remember what that movie was five years from now. Like, Edge of Tomorrow, what was that? Was that the one with Alec Baldwin, The Edge? Um, well, that so was you have... the, but that's the marketing name. That's the one the studio came up with. Sorry. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. They, well, then the, so the former was All You Need Is Kill. I feel, I feel, yeah. I feel like I, maybe maybe that like sounds better in, in in Japanese. Maybe there's like a better way to say that. In <laughs> but I can see why you'd change something like that. All you need is kills. Like, what does that say? Like, well, that? I yeah, I mean, I can I would change it from an MPAA perspective where they'll be like, yes. "Kill in a title? You can't you can't put this on TV past 10 p.m. or some crap like that." But I like the I love all you need is kill because it encompasses what's actually happening in the movie, yes. which is, like, the notion of kill and death and the fact that he's going through that on a daily basis to figure out how to stop the killing. Um, and, and that it's, like, I've never heard a title phrase like that. It's just, like, concise, and it says it nicely in one little package. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mention any of the time loop stuff, but, like, I don't know. I, I guess I like it better than Edge of Tomorrow, which, as you said, is the sort of generic, like, I'm not going to remember that five years from now. I mean, yeah, most, I mean, Groundhog's Day doesn't say there's a time loop in it either, <laughs> nor, nor does source code. It's like, what is that about? Hackers, right, so, Hackers right, two? so a, a good, strong title. But they have, yeah, but they have strong titles, exactly, and I, I, everything Alex said I agree with about the title. And it probably like, is awesome in Japanese. Once we figure that out, we'll be like, yeah, we totally should have had this. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Google Translate to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, I also have a feeling that they probably didn't want to associate with the comic because then people would go find the comic, read it, and be like, this has absolutely nothing to do with the movie. And then there would be this like negative buzz surrounding that. And I'm sure they're like, okay, we'll we'll try to not mention that it was... I'm sure hundreds of millions of people would flock to Barnes & Noble to find the Japanese manga. <laughs> All you need is kill. Oh, well, it's no, kind of... It's kind of up on the on the Amazon. I'm sure it has. But I'm saying, like, if it, if it were the same title as the book, and then if you know, then it would have had to become a marketing thing where like everyone asks the director about it, and then writers, and then you know, then it's talked about, and then it's like. But I'm saying, I think it's so disconnected from that that the the problem would then be everyone comparing the two, and you know, there's that notion nowadays with movies where it's like a movie, despite being adapted from something, is separate from it. Like the Hunger Games movies while are very close to the books, are still their own original movies versus the books being their own original series. Fair. But anyway, it's, it's, I still like it. Yeah. <laughs> For the title that I'm saying don't use, I'm like, oh, no, maybe you should use it. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything Alex said. No, nothing to repeat. <laughs> 
Like, I like that title much more for exactly the same reasons, and I can see right. what they did for the marketing. So moving on, uh, director Doug Lyman, I think he did a good job with this movie. It's a, it's a hit. <laughs> um, I, and I was looking at I was looking at his films because I like Doug Lyman in general. But um, no, you can't it, like all of his films. Come on. I, I didn't. I didn't say that, and I still have more to say. <laughs> yeah. But I was gonna say, if Jumper is like his worst film, then I don't see any problem with Doug Lyman because I, <laughs> I like the rest of his movies. And Jump, Jumper's not terrible to me. It's just like, yeah, it's whatever. People teleporting. Right. So I, I, I don't want to say hit or miss then, but obviously he has his grace. Like I love Born Identity. Actually, it's probably my favorite Born. And then I, I do like Jumper, but I don't like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um. Yeah, I like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's fine. No, that I like that. I like that more than Jumper. It, it I think hurts that, I think Jennifer Aniston when you guys say that. All right. I think that's his biggest hit. I think actually. When, I know. I know. That's why it's on all the posters, like from the director Mr. and Mrs. Smith, because people like that. <laughs> Between Jumper and then like what is Fair Game? His other movie before this, like Fair Game is not that good at all. It's very oh, forgettable. Good. So. Fair Game's not a, it's not an exciting movie per se, but I think it's a well-acted Sean Ben naomi Watts joint. Yeah, it was so forgettable. It was like, sweep, sweep this under the rug as quick as you can. So I, I'm just saying, like, coming off of those, like, even Jumper was, what, 2008? That's still a long time ago. Six years since he made a mediocre movie, and Mr. <laughs> Smith was 2005. So I just didn't have the confidence in him to pull off something this good nowadays, yet, I don't know, he did, or someone did, Warner Brothers did. <laughs> brother, yeah. I don't know. You don't have anything else to say? You're not gonna defend your your buddy Lyman? I mean, I've I've more or less liked all his movies. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> I like I like Gang quite a bit. It's completely different from this movie. But even in, but in terms even in terms of kind of action work done in his movies, regardless of the movies themselves, I think he's proven himself a competent actor. From a guy that's come from Swingers and Go, that's moved on to the Bourne Identity <laughs> and Mister Mrs. Smith and Jumper, which have elaborate action sequence. Like Jumper's like not great. But I, I think there's a lot of neat stuff done with the time tra- with the time yeah, uh, yeah. teleportation stuff going on yeah. there. Like there's a whole there's a scene where um what's his name Jamie Bell and um, Anakin Skywalker Hayden Christensen are, are <laughs> like ju- they're like jumping through they're like teleporting like all over the place and getting in this whole fight scene. I think yeah, it's really well yeah, done. Was... Like I think there's a lot of creative things there. That was and so the best having, scene in the movie. Having a movie like this where it's, you know, li- like literally celebrating the 70th anniversary of D-Day by having aliens and yeah. soldiers like battling each other on, this, on yeah. the beaches of Normandy. They, yeah, they do go to a beach. Like, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, they storm a beach. I think we better start over, don't you? What? Right. <laughs> like, the movie seems very, like, complicated to have, got, to have gotten done like, from, like, a visual standpoint of, like, making this work in the realm of a PG-13 summer action movie, no less, too. Sure. Like, it, yeah, you know what I thought... They never show the aliens in any of the trailers or any of the marketing. They which I think is smart. Yeah, I, yeah like... which I liked. Yeah. Well, at first I was wondering if it was just like a strategy marketing, but then I started to realize like maybe some of the aliens are so CG that like just the way, like you're saying, the way that it all works together. I'm like, some of these scenes, it wouldn't have looked good at all in a trailer. Like the, like, the way they flow just seems best in the context of the movie. I agree with that, yeah. I can see that. And, and, and I could tell, uh, there were a couple of moments where I could tell, I'm like, oh, it was almost like they just shot a scene, they had no idea what the aliens were going to look like, and then afterwards, once they figured that out, then they started to like work the animation of action in to fit everything together. And I think there's just nothing, I mean, there's nothing necessarily iconic about them compared to like having people in mech suits running around. Like That's an image you want to show. Like That's why yeah. that's all on, on all the posters. You, got, you don't really want to show some like octopus creature floating around. Like, what is that? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> is, this the, is this a squiddy from the Matrix? Like, What's going on here? I like what Aaron had mentioned earlier. It's, it's, it's not so much that they even 
so much cared about the aliens. It's kind of more Tom Cruise's story about why he's got to do this day all over again in 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I know, but the aliens are such a cool part of it. They uh, are, yeah. And they're they, not they like, got some cool attack sequences. Yeah, exactly. I like when I like when it was like pulsating and shooting out spikes everywhere and just like decimating a platoon. I can agree yeah. that I wish I could have seen more like Emily Emily Blunt sword action because like yes. yeah, yeah. like yeah. the, the she, she was she was getting she was getting dead. like I'd watch the 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 uh, Edge of Tomorrow prequel. Me too. I was thinking for, that. Ver, Ver, Verdun um, days. Yes, exactly. The Battle <laughs> of Emily Verdun being a boss on the, on the yeah, battlefield. I, was like, the I, don't, I don't even care if it's like the same idea of like she has to learn these things and then get better at it. It's like when she does that whole entire wipeout scene, it's going to be amazing. Well, the whole the, the, the time she like partners up with Cruz in the later half and they just like kick ass together, I was like, yeah, I just want this same scene on repeat. Just ignore this. Like they were yeah. so awesome. I was actually, as a, I was going to say, um, I, I wish they would have pushed her more in the whole full metal bitch thing. And I found it very weird in the movie. They every time they say "full metal bitch," it gets cut off. Like it's like "full metal blah blah blah." blah. And I kept. Well, I know. Well, I was wondering. I was like, do they consider this offensive to her? And if so, why is it being used at all then? Versus, like, to me, I'm like, this is a badass name for her. Like, like the posters on the walls. I'm like, yeah, those should be out in public. Like, we should yeah. be pimping her out. And not I want that poster. Yeah, I think exactly. It's just- well, I, I think it's not not every not everybody likes the their nickname that they get, um, especially. And I think it also comes from the fact that she, you know, it's not because she's a great soldier. I mean, she is now, but it's because she had the same thing that Tom Cruise had, where she just yeah. she had she could have liked she's she could likely be you know like years and years and years old because of this thing that she had to repeat again and again and right. again. So she yeah. just might be weary and just like I don't need this. I don't need to be called the full metal bitch. I just want to do my thing. I want to get over this. I want to stop the aliens and stop fighting. Like it's. I see where that comes from. It's... Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I just think that it—it's such a cool thing. Oh, it, yeah, from like from a... the movie, and like it would be cool to—it would have been cool to build that excitement around it, and then yes, when you see it, you learn that her character like so. Oh, so stuff. like outside the movie, like vi- like viral marketing the idea of Full Metal Bit, like yeah, that I could see. That'd be cool. I yeah, but her, <laughs> yeah. I mean, her I other her that. other given nickname is pretty cool too, the Angel of Redone. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because she's because she's so. F- awesome in this i'm like yeah. i wanted to just i want to i like i want more of it and i don't know what else to do that you know yeah well we like, because saying the prequel now we can blame america because we won't get a prequel <laughs> uh, come on america do your job get it together yeah. <laughs> uh last question i have without spoiling anything did you guys like the ending uh i thought it was eight because well, i, I kind of yeah, wish i have gonna... more skills yeah, like, uh, well, I don't want to. I, I want to talk about it, but it would be spoiler discussion yeah. because it's like I want to say what I wanted to ask in return is like what what did you want to see then? What other way could it have wrapped up in a satisfying conclusion? Because I kept thinking like during the movie, you're like, okay, where is this gonna go? Where is it gonna reach a point where I'm not pissed off at what happens or it's all like, come on, that was bullshit. But uh, but at the same time, you, like there's as as a viewer, there's so much where you don't want you're like you don't want this person this you want this this you want this this you don't and then it also sets up the stakes where it's like if it doesn't happen then (laughs) everyone is basically so it's kind of an odd it's almost like this is the logical it had to go there but i don't know what else it could have done sorry that's a vague way to discuss no that's fine (laughs) you guys get it what'd you think aaron I dug the ending. Um, yeah. I can see why it needs to end a certain way. Agreed. Um, 
and I'm fine with that. I think it, based on the tone of the movie, I support what the ending's trying to do. Yes, I would. Yeah, based off the tone and the previous experiences, yeah. Better than Battle L.A. I can go with that. I don't remember what happened. They just keep fighting. They really? <laughs> I thought that they won. <laughs> no, they didn't win. They just keep fighting. Uh, that was okay. the conceit of that movie. That movie was supposed to yeah. be like that was the Los Angeles battle, and there would be a Mor- Moscow battle, and then a New York. Battle. But anyway, that's a whole different. <laughs> but no, I kept, I kept thinking on this one. I was like, well, they could. You know what? I'm actually getting really tired of is all the endings that set up so much more shit, and it doesn't really end. Yeah. But like, it's the whole. Well, guess what? Like the way. I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but the way X-Men ends, where it's just like, it ends with a reintroduction of so much going on that you're like, okay, this is this is a setting up for the next movie. And I like that we finally get something that sort of completes its own story and ends in a way where it doesn't even hint, like, oh, maybe the aliens are still around, everybody! Right. Like, <laughs> you never know what could happen here, but it's just like, oh, okay, no, good. This is just... I, I, I want movies to have credits where they end the credits, and at the end, like, some guy comes out, it's like, well... Looks like Tom Cruise wrapped up that one, but maybe the end Cut to black. <laughs> Cut to black. Like, <laughs> like we did, we just give up on like post credit sequences. Just have a guy laying it all out like there. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you guys find out in 2017? <laughs> it's just like it's just some ad guy from Warner Brothers. Like that's how it ends. The reason why they won't have that is because it doesn't make any sense for the DVD on replay on, on repeat. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the reason. Yeah, all right, 2013. Let's get to our rating for the film. Uh, with the, it seems like we all like Edge of Tomorrow, so but with question. that said, yeah, when should people go and see this movie? Now. <laughs> yeah, say yeah, that louder. Like, yeah. Oh, now, yeah. So, <laughs> as soon as you're listening, done listening to this podcast, go see it if you haven't already. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Go see it right now. You don't have to finish listening to this. Just drop it. Go see it probably twice. <laughs> yeah. Then come back and finish listening to this podcast. There's plenty of fun stuff coming. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Go see it. yeah, go see it. Go see it in IMAX. Have fun. Have a ball. Go see it with a theater of great sound. It sounds great in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it sounds it's like a packed audience, because there's some very funny moments that everyone enjoys, and it just you just feed off the energy of everyone else. I could listen to Bill Paxton talk about his days as a Kentucky boy all day. Science <laughs> <laughs> Hail Kentucky! Let's move on now. Let's get a movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. We bring up some movies that we might have thought of during or after said movie, which I think we've already referenced the number of, but Abe, any callbacks? Yeah, World War Z, Aliens, plural, uh, Matrix Revolutions, Groundhog Day, Starship Troopers, and Halo ODST. Oh, good call. Alex? Uh, I was going to add, but this is so obvious, but Saving Private Ryan and the whole, I mean, the whole D-Day stuff, anyway. Yeah. Like, I, I remember the opening scene, I'm like, man, this is straight up, like, Saving Private Ryan, like, he's homaging to him. And then everything else he mentioned, all the sci-fi... Time loop. Any other? Every time loop movie of past always is referenced in time loop movie of the future. <laughs> Maybe we're yeah. all stuck in one giant time loop for all that. There you go. I think we better start over, don't you? What? Yeah, not much. To, I mean, source code, uh, the longest day, and blooper. Those are ones that go along with the ones you already mentioned. Do they, can I ask? Do you guys like source code? I that was, that's our. I believe that's our third episode, Abe. Ever? Uh, I think I got third or fourth or maybe fifth episode. Very early on, yeah. Yeah, I, think, um, I, it was eighth, but anyway. I like Source Code. I like Moon much, much more. But yes, in terms of Duncan Jones movies, people need to go uh, see Moon. Curious well. to see what he does with uh, World of Warcraft. But yeah, um, um, yeah I, I like Source Code's. I, I'm not a fan of the end of Source Code. I put it that way because I, I I do like the I think the st- what I what I and I haven't watched it in a while. But the thing that struck me about that movie, like the second it started, is the music. I think the music really set up the movie because it has this very it has a it it reminded me a lot of like Hitchcock movies. 
just with a sci-fi twist where it has a kind of understanding that this is a B-movie. You should get that right away. That's that's the tone that I got from it. And it has the same kind of fun that most time loop movies have where they show kind of people repeating and repeating and repeating things over and over again. And to that extent, I I like Jake Gyllenhaal in it. I think Jeffrey Rush was having this like crazy campy good time in that movie because like, oh, the source code and we have to go this way. Like Jeffrey, he's just Jeffrey, like... I mean, Jeffrey... Uh, what did I say? What'd you I said Jeffrey Rush. Sorry, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright, yeah. Uh, he's play, he's playing crazy scientist again. He's a he's a comb over. He's constantly rubbing with his hand. Let's. Um, <laughs> he's, if like, you guys don't know what Aaron's talking about, just go watch Hunger Games go, two. Let's go watch anything with yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah, and that's that's him. Like that's anything that's not Shaft, you can watch your Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> But he's great in Shaft. He's just not doing his Jeffrey Wright voice. But yeah, no. Do you like Source Code, Alex? Yeah, I, I just feel like it got a bad rap when it came out. Like, and it's it's. I don't love it. And obviously, I like Moon more, and I want to support Duncan. But I remember seeing it being like uh, the script I read was better, and it has these great moments. But I remember like, it was like it was, an April movie. It didn't. It like yeah, it made money, but it like it had a it has a ninety two on Rotten Tomatoes and like eighty one percent for audience. It's like people like. People, people like source code. Like, I guess, yeah. Just didn't break out like huge, I guess. But. Yeah, and it, it. I guess the weird thing about it, and maybe I am weird and looking for this in movies, but it never really, it never really got to a point where it blew me away with anything. It was just kind yeah, of I so agree. standard with everything that I was like, uh, I, yeah. like I wanted to ask Duncan, like, why are you taking more risks and really pushing with such a cool concept? But it was just like the basic version of it. Yeah, and even the reveal of what, of what uh, happens to Jake Gyllenhaal, you're just like, I probably, I'm not surprised by that, yeah. and I'm, I'm not, like, very shocked by it either, so. And then, that, like you so said, at the end, it doesn't really go anywhere special at the end, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just right. found my review of Source Code, and it's kind of hilarious. It's, here's the first, this is the first sentence that I want to read. If, if Hitchcock, Agatha Christie, and Philip K. Dick walked into a bar... They came up with a plot for Source Code, a cracking new thriller starring Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> cracking, yeah, cracking, yeah, cracking yeah. new thriller. Yeah, I went, I went, uh, I went for British on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so there's our Source Code mini review. Feel free to yeah. check that one out on DVD and Blu-ray now. Go listen to the archives, guys. <laughs> I'll put, I'll put a link to the to the old Source Code show. I don't think that's on iTunes anymore. Actually. I didn't, no, it got wiped off when when uh yeah so, when Skynet took over. Gotta add that one back, Abe. <laughs> Oh, I'll get to that at some point. I still there's still like 20 shows that we don't have on iTunes anymore that I can yeah, just haven't had time to put up. Yeah, they're gonna be sold in a box set. And the yeah, in the in the season one out now there in an DVD with the commentaries <laughs> where we talk over ourselves talking. <laughs> there's also deleted scenes and uh, behind the scenes where it's just Abe and I taking pictures. Moving on, let's get to our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com. So now podcast. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners about now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Abe, do you have a book to recommend? I do. It's called Edge of Tomorrow, movie time edition. What? And then colon, all you need is kill. Essentially, again... Like what Alex had mentioned earlier in the podcast, the movie is maybe somewhat different from the original uh, graphic novel. So it could be different, but they're both, I'm sure, very good. Uh, you can get this for free. It's rated 4.3 out of only 32 ratings. So if you don't want to get this, you can go read out the other five book. 4.3 out of 5? Yes, out of 5. Very high. All right. Well, you can okay. You can download that or anything else you find at audibletrial.com. So on a podcast, you can keep that book. Go on for a 30-day trial. If you don't like it, you get to get rid of the service. But as I mentioned, you get to keep the book, so you get you know you win something right there. Yeah. Audibletrial.com. So on a podcast. Let's get to our uh, feedback here. Feedback. 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 
is where we go over the various answers that we had from our listeners on the old Facebook page, facebook.com slash now podcast. We asked a number of questions. And uh, Alex, feel free to provide your answer if you want to as well. Here we go. Here's the first question. Tom Cruise runs a lot in movies. What's the funniest place he could be running to? Joe has port a porta potty. Uh, Jason has in the rain to a pizza shop. That sounds dramatic. I can see that. <laughs> it uh, does. Like pepperoni. Um, Alan Aguilera, a friend of the show, has to John Travolta's house because John is having second thoughts about this Scientology thing. Uh, Brandon Peters, friend of the show, has to put more money in the meter while he's at his appointment at the proctologist. Okay. <laughs> Keep adding to that one. Uh, Mark has the bathroom. Almost no one goes to the bathroom movies. They should be running there. Uh, Scott has Oprah's new sofa. And um, Jose has Into Our Hearts. Aww. <laughs> Jose. Bring in the love. We then asked, what is your favorite alien invasion movie? Brandon has Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. Eric has Evolution. Uh, Joshua has They Live. Philip has The Avengers. Jason has Star Trek First Contact. Uh, Joe writes World's End. Izzy writes I Come in Peace. <laughs> Ruben has War of the Worlds. Christopher writes Is there a better one than Mars Attacks? District 9, Signs, The Day, The Earth is Still, and The Thing. The thing is incredibly creepy. Uh, Scott writes, love this Carpenter film more than going to uh, more going on than the most suspect here. He loves this Carpenter yeah, film more Carpenter than film. More going, going on, on than, than most suspect, most here. suspect here. It's they, they live. live. He's uh, talking about and uh, invaders from Mars. Sorry, Scott. And uh, Mike writes, they live for sure. And I'd also say uh, the thing, not an invasion movie on a large scale, but the threat of it is there. You have a favorite alien invasion movie, Alex? I mean. Aside from everything you mentioned, uh, I gotta say I really love Independence Day. Like, it just, I do too. Yeah. I love Independence Day. Yeah, it just is like everything is right about it, and Will Smith is freaking hilarious, and it's it's a perfect summer movie. I people I don't know I, I, people want to come down on Independence Day for some reason like they're cooler than it is. I was like this like what's wrong with this movie? like it spends a, it spends an hour on characters like and yeah. then it delivers just great thrills yeah. Like, yeah. That's, it's one of them that I can even watch like nowadays and still love it and not feel I like do. It. I watch it, it every Independence Day. Yeah, it comes on TV a lot. Uh, last question we had. What do aliens want with Earth? Shelley has video games and iPhones. Joe has sugar in water. <laughs> <laughs> MS Mua adds to watch American soap operas like the one episode of Futurama. Oh, yeah, uh, that was Eric, a great episode. Yep. Eric has to hunt. Dan has gold, man. <laughs> You should have said that in your uh, Harrison Ford voice. What, they want our gold? What, the spend? Philip, that's the Cowboys and Aliens. Yes. (laughs) That's a movie that happens. John Favreau. Uh, (laughs) um, We'll get to John Favreau in a second. Philip has authentic Mexican food. That stuff they keep trying to pass off in Alpha Centauri ain't cutting it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then Mike adds, nothing once they get here and see that we have Miley Cyrus walking around. Boom. So now we have some questions that we uh or Wait, we that, made me, that, that made me want to make one more compliment to Ted tomorrow. Is that the yeah. scene the scene where they the, he goes like there's a discussion about what do they want here minerals da 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 and Tom Cruise is like it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I was like I was like he's speaking for the smart writer who's like you know what it doesn't matter that we have to answer this question in our movies. Screw you, it doesn't matter what they want. I, lo- I love a- that moment. I'd that's like that's. I'd like to think that's credit to Chris McQuarrie who who co-wrote yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah, probably. Who's like best buds of Tom Cruise? Like they've done everything together. Yeah. They go to the park together, holding hands. It's great. Aw, into our hearts. No, but he's doing a Mission Impossible Five, and that gets me excited because I like Chris McQuarrie. So. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. 
So we got a question here from Izzy. Where the hell is Hellboy 3? I don't know. Alex, you know anything about Hellboy 3? Is that happening? No, yeah, probably no. not. Probably not, right? Oh. Yeah. I, you know what? My feeling is... Well, I think the current situation is that it's just on the forever back burner. Like, Guillermo has so many other things to do. Uh, Ron Perlman's too old to play it again. Or, like, he just doesn't want to wear the makeup again. And it's just that they're just like, well, the second one didn't do well enough. Like, why would we do this? And But I have a feeling that, like, it's almost like one of those things, like, 10, 15 years from now, they're going to pull an Indiana Jones-like thing where Rob Perlman's going to, like, at an old, frail age, be the older Elboy, like, he's finally back, and they're going to pull it off, like, a long time from now and just deliver something fun, but it's not going to be... Like, the one that everyone wanted after Hellboy 2, which is, like, the big one he kept talking about, I don't think that'll ever happen. And, like, Selma Blair will, still won't be doing much, so she'll be around, too. Be yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's mean to Selma Blair. I don't mean it much. Uh, that said, I love Hellboy 2 so much. So. What, wait, what did that get trenched by? Dark Knight. Dark Knight? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This little thing called the Dark Knight came out a week later. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, oh, what yeah. a movie about a bat? Uh, like, I couldn't... I couldn't I, I, Really had no understanding why they didn't separate them somehow. Yeah, I guess I know they were trying to get out the whole like holdover audiences, but it was still just like, come on, you're not gonna win this one. That was a huge comic book movie summer though, because it was like Wanted, Iron Man, Dark Knight, oh. Hellboy. Like there was a ton of of uh, comic book movies coming out that year. But, uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Joshua asks, name a movie that you feel would have been made much better. As a TV miniseries, and speaking of comic books, I would say Watchmen, actually. Uh, possibly Cowboys and Aliens? I don't know, we just mentioned that. Why would I want to see a week of that? <laughs> I no, I want the gold again? <laughs> that'd be that'd be in the second, the penultimate episode, and then you'd be like, alright, now I'm just going to stop watching. Oh, no, I wouldn't want to, like a week log worth, it'd be like a History Channel presents the Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> the Hatchfields, the Coys, and the Buzzers. It's a good question though. That's a good. We should ask that question again sometime later. I feel like I covered it. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Twelve weeks of Watchmen. Every chapter as a new. Week. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I mean, I would say that. Unfortunately, I would say like the Dark Knight, but aren't they kind of doing that with Gotham? But yeah, Gotham. Yeah, right, but Gotham is. I, someone wrote a tweet where I was like, "This is they nailed it," which is that they were like, "This is the." Gotham. All the stories. All the stories from before the Dark Knight that you didn't care to see over 12 episodes or something like that. Yeah. I'm I was like, no, I'm sure it'll be fun, but, I, like, in my mind, I'm, I totally agree with that, where I'm like, you know what, I would rather see Batman, like, cleaning up the streets of crime, like, m- minimal criminals for 12 episodes than Gotham before Batman was there. Put that stapler back! You didn't buy that stapler from Staples. <laughs> Small crime. What's the next question? The next question is, coming off of current... Oh, from Izzy again... Coming off of current indie buzz and success, would you rather see John Favreau do more indie flicks or return to the Marvel franchise? Well, I like Swingers, Maid, and Chef more than Iron Man, and I like Iron Man, but <laughs> I like Indy Favreau quite a bit. So I mean, if he keeps doing this kind of thing, then yep. yeah. I like I... Indy Favreau, and I like small role Favreau, like an elf, where he's just a doctor. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like Favreau in general in terms of like his yeah. acting. Like he's never bothered me as, as a performer. Like he always has his way. <laughs> yeah, he's really solid. I agree with you, Aaron. That I'm like, if he could make Iron Man with the chef sensibilities, more of that. <laughs> so some would argue that's what Iron Man Two is. It's just a big comedy that happens to have a huge budget. <laughs> uh, no, but I think I I think Iron Man was a great example of him kind of doing more of what he wanted to make a great movie, and then Iron Man 2 more being pushed into, like, the agenda of Marvel. Yeah, and then Cowboys and Aliens just like, everybody's working on this. Look at all yeah, these writers. Yeah, yeah. Look at all these writers. Look at all these writers and producers. Yeah. <laughs> but, you look at, like, but you look at things like Elf, and, like, Elf is, like, like as much as it has, like, a you know, an action end, I guess, like, it's still fairly, like, you know, kind of grounded in a certain sense of reality. And, like, I mean, Bob Newhart knew where it narrates it. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Who doesn't love that, right? <laughs> but no, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, Alex, for sure. Like, it's a matter of finding that kind of balance, which I think is why he went back to doing Chef, obviously, opposed to, like, doing another, like, huge, like, wasn't he supposed to be, like, that, like, Oz before Sam Raimi came on? Like, wasn't that his thing? Yeah, and he was attached to this, like, Disney... I don't know if it was tomorrow. Magic Kingdom. Oh, Magic Kingdom. Magic yeah. Kingdom. Which I was like, I don't know what this is going to be except the Disneyland movie, but it sounds like it could be cool. But then now that I've seen Chef, I'm like, I, I do I, I kind of, I want him to make movies where he's true to what he wants to do and what he wants to tell, but on the scale of Iron Man. That's kind of what I was saying. Like, like ideally he's recharged his engines and he can maybe go back to doing that. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe he just needed to, he needed to go through this to get, his mojo back and then now that he has it he can kick ass but then you know it's the concern of hollywood where if you get attached to the wrong project it's not your money they'll push you around no matter what you know yeah we'll see like i mean like like friend of the show scott mendelson he's been arguing that maybe pain and gain was a good way for michael bay to like recharge his engines creatively so he can go back and now he can do transformers and maybe it'll be maybe it'll be something different maybe it'll be even though it's still apparently still 155 minutes yeah. and it's still yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's not, you, it, when you make these big movies again and again and again, it's nice to go back to, you know, certain smaller roots and you know, possibly feel refreshed and approaching something in a new way. I think we better start over, don't you? What? Uh, we got a lot of Doctor Strange questions. A lot of Doctor Strange stuff's been going on. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I mean, because obviously there's been a lot of Ant-Man news recently, but Strange has also been, been talked about as well. There's no director yet, right, Alex? To what? For Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange? No, it was announced. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Scott Derrickson, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Scott Derrickson of uh, Sinister and uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose fame. Um, yeah, he's announced as the director, and now it's a matter of who's going to be Doctor Strange, and so we have a number of, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to kind of lump all these questions together. Jim says, uh, Jonathan Rice Myers is strange? Um, Jason has Sherlock or Bane for strange, because apparently, like, Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hardy are, like, Apparently front yeah, runners or something, yeah, yeah. and then Izzy adds um, Hugh Dancy, Doctor Strange. Am I the only one thinking this? I've been wondering about this too. Not that I, you know, care that much because Marvel will do what they do. They'll cast somebody. They'll probably be fine. But who pulls off like a good mustache? That's what I've been wondering. Who pulls off like a good curly? <laughs> that's that's where it comes down to. I was trying to think outside the box. He was like, what black guy like pulls off a good curly mustache? But I can't think of any. Hmm. What female pulls off a good curly mustache? <laughs> you know, there's also an Ant-Man director now too, right? Yeah, Peyton Reed of Bring It On, of sorry, of the breakup, which is what happened. Then Bring It On, I'll take this, and now Yes Man, it all it all worked out for. Uh, Yay! <laughs> Down with Love. It's another Peyton Reed movie, but yeah, whatever, we'll see. But as far as Doctor Strange goes, who would play Doctor Strange? I think Jonathan's uh, Jonathan Rice Myers. He's 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 a little older, but he's got Doctor Strange looks older too. He's got like the gray in his hair. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see. 
Who was it? Did 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 uh? What's his name get mentioned? Um, who's the guy from Watchmen who played uh older comedian? Oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, he's pretty. Oh, cool. yeah, he might yeah. be too old. He that. seems the. I, I think he'd be too yeah. old at this point. But he's got that kind of like has the gritty young slash old. I, I can wow. see how that would work, perhaps, yeah. Well, because I saw Jared Leto being rumored for a while, too, and it's like, huh. <laughs> I was starting to get used to that until Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hardy started getting mentioned. So. I do like Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch is yeah. a good actor. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Next question comes from James. What movie left you so flabbergasted that you had to search for further material in order or in other media to fill in the blanks? For me, it was 2001, uh, Space Odyssey. Huh, that's a good question. That is a good question. What movie left me so flabbergasted that I had to, like, research, like, what happened here? Or, like, uh, get some more background detail. I, there was a... Wait, what about 2001? Did they, does he mean, like, he researched how the movie was made? Or, like, that, that we went to space? I think it's more <laughs> of, like... I, I think, yeah, I think it's more of, like, he's like, what happened at the end? Like, I think that was probably oh, okay, his question. okay, okay. Because I would say there's difference. There's to me like like I can see a great World War II movie and be like, oh, I want to read about that battle. Yeah, so that's exactly like, what yeah. happens. Or versus like, I see. I'm trying to think of a movie where I seen it was like, oh my god, that was so well made. I want to learn about it more. I guess. Well. <laughs> For me, they're uh, Nicholas Winding Refn movies. Like, what was <laughs> only God forgives about? And then like uh, the the whole entire or the drive thing about the scorpion and the the frog like I should probably look that up to see if that's true, but I wasn't flabbergasted yeah. by that. See if the old Aesop fable is true. Yeah, I was more flabbergasted by only God forgives. I was like I think that I should really reference or find out what they're referencing in a lot of these scenes of him just walking through dark alleys and dark hallways. Yeah, you know I. Actually, a good one is Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar. Um, Inception. 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 Um, well, especially when it was one of those like I had to see three times to then get it. But then once I got it, it was still like there would still be more coming out of it. Like the I remember reading something where someone was like, "Oh yeah, every every character's name has some reference to like some person in history or some yeah. like philosophical reference." Philosophical I was like, reference. "Yeah," I was like, "Oh shit, what?" And then I had to like go through and like read everything about like. Who's Ariadne? And what did she have to do with her character? And then who is this? And then and then put it all together in the context of the movie, which is why I like that movie so much. That one, uh, I know a good friend of mine who started to get really cold against it. He was like, "It's so simple once you think about it. It's not that great." And I was like, "I was like, no, it's, it's it's so cool. I don't care if it's simple in the end. Like just the way he put it together and the fact that it's doing all that it's doing and making you think this. It just was really cool." Uh, no Country for Old Men. Ah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, a movie I already loved immensely when I first saw it. It was less about being confused, necessarily, because I wasn't. It was more of like, huh, how does this book go? So I went out and read the book after, too. I was like, oh, man, this is just good. This is just good <laughs> stuff. And it gave me time to, like, think about Tommy Lee Jones' kind of his dream, interp- like, or just more interp- uh, yeah, interpreting the line. dreams that he mentions at the end. Yeah. And then I woke up. Um, next, uh, next question here. Uh, Philip asks, what's Tom Cruise's most underrated performance? Um, offhand, I would say Vanilla Sky. I think that movie's very good, and I think he's very good at playing up a certain idea of his image that I think is, was looked over. I, I think of underrated Tom Cruise movies. I have to look. It's like, that one, that, like, one, that one, that one, that one came to mind immediately for me, because I think, I think Vanilla Sky's underrated, but, uh. Well, I personally, I love The Last Samurai. I know it got worn to shreds when it came out. I really like that movie. I like that movie, too. I mean, I don't know if there's, like, an under... Like, I, I, 
I wouldn't necessarily call his performance in A Few Good Men underrated because I wasn't. I don't really no. remember the box office during that time. That movie's um, big success. Everyone okay. liked it. That's not underrated. Like, that's one of my favorite movies just in general because Aaron Sorkin wrote it and it's just very witty and and smart. But uh, yeah, people people like Last Samurai. Apparently, it's like a, like an eighty three on Rotten Tomatoes. Apparently, the audience rating the sixty five percent is like the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I'm just going to write this. I'm also at all. I'm a big defender of uh, Valkyrie too for all the shit it got. I, I really like. Yeah, it. I mean, it's he's so weird as like playing a German guy. Like that as... doesn't bother me. Like the thing things that bother me more in movies like that are is like why if we're not going to speak in the language. Why do we still have an accent? Like that makes no sense to me. So not doing an accent at all, like that makes way more sense to me. It's like it's like it's okay. We're not speaking Russian, but we have Russian accents. Like why? Like what is that, what does that add? Like that just makes it seem less authentic. I know they're German. I'm just giving yeah. an example. But, uh, Val- Valkyrie's more just the movie itself. I'm not a huge fan of, but I do. I don't think anyone's bad in it acting was. I think that's actually the best part about it. It's like everyone everyone put a good a great cast performance in. Yeah, and and not like unlike. Uh, the Monuments Men, where you're like, great yeah. cast, Bad no movie. one does anything. Very, yeah, very boring movie. When Hugh Bonneville is the only guy giving it his all, it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see, he was nominated for Magnolia, so that's not a thing. He was nominated for, was he nominated for Jerry Maguire? Did he get a Best Actor nom for that one? I think know. so. But he, that was not an underrated performance. I wouldn't say so either. No, he w- oh he was he was nominated. Good for him. That was a good movie. I like <laughs> it's on AMC like a lot. I'll watch it. He's so, he's so consistent. Like he's so consistently cruise these days too. Like <laughs> he's just on cruise control. I mean, he, like I think the last time he really like really extended himself beyond maybe Tropic Thunder, just because it's such a you know departure is like Collateral. I think like but I don't think Collateral's underrated anyway. I think Collateral's I was excellent. Say, but, Collateral's but, great. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of yeah, the movie itself, yeah, it's fantastic and it made yeah. its money. Like it's, but it, I mean, it is him being you know a villain and you know going against type in a way. And even sh- this, I even, awesome. even yeah, I know. Even this movie, he's going against type and or he's even he's playing off his own image again. Just happens to be like this dick PR guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's really that many underrated Tom Cruise movies, but it depends his performances. Yeah, yeah no, definitely, definitely. Because some people like, like hate Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah, some people hate Tom Cruise, but they'll give him like one. They'll be like, "Man, cocktail was great, but the rest sucked." Like, like what? Like, <laughs> Why <laughs> did you choose that one? <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> I mean, he makes a really mean margarita. I mean, I, even Rain Man, I think, is underrated to an extent because I think Justin Ho- Dustin Hoffman gets so steals the show. He does, and for you know obvious reason. But I mean, the. Tom Tom Cruise does add to that movie like it doesn't like work without having you know something on the other end of there and I think he's does a good job anyway let's move on uh, that was yeah good good questions this week yeah for sure that was that feedback 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 let's uh geez what time is it hey do you uh... Aaron I think that uh, I think we got some quick time here for for a game (laughs) I repeated eight days to get that right wow that was. Well done. Well done. It was well done. Good Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think we better start over, don't you? What? <laughs> Got a game here. Yeah. It's called On a Scale of, and this is on the scale of Rotten Tomatoes this week. Oh, I like this game. Yeah. So uh, close your Rotten Tomato windows if you have them open. Closed. Essentially, uh, this is just uh, a few movies starring with the stars of Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, and director Doug Liman. And uh, both you and Alex will have a chance to choose uh, which one, which one of these movies in pairs had a better tomato meter reading? So uh, here we go. Days of Thunder or Top Gun? Top Gun. Alex? Day, days of Thunder. Like a better Rotten Tomato score? Just to be dissenting. 
Top Gun. <laughs> it was Top Gun. 55 yeah. versus 39. What? How 55? does Top Gun have feet? Yeah, how does it, that's Top Gun classic. I mean, man. I don't even like Top Gun, but I would still say it should be higher. <laughs> <laughs> It's all those. It's all those like Gene Siskel ratings back in the day. Just like this is a terrible movie. Apparently, he had like nineteen uh, ratings. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think I think Siskel probably liked it. I know he probably Eber did. did. Yeah, Ebert's probably the, Eber one, was like, the one that Eber didn't like on, it. This is ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, next one: Color of Money or Minority Report? Minority Report. Minority Report. Yeah. Color of Money ninety two. What? Yeah. What's Minority, Minority Report? Minority Report ninety one. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're so close. <laughs> yeah. And now we move into Emily Blunt here. Gulliver's Travels or Nomeo and Juliet? I guess I'll say Nomeo. Okay, Alex? Do you said Tom Cruise in them? No, no, no. no this, this Emily Blunt. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. You don't, maybe don't remember Tom Cruise as Tybalt and Nomeo and Juliet? <laughs> no, I'm going to say Nomeo and Juliet. You guys are both correct. 55 versus 21. I just realized that we have an all-A podcast today. That's right, triple A. Yeah. Uh, salmon Fishing in the Yemen. Or the Adjustment Bureau. Salmon. I, like, I like the Adjustment Bureau too, um, but I still think it's probably salmon fishing in the Yemen. Alex. Salmon fishing. It's the Adjustment Bureau. Seventy-two versus sixty-seven. Okay. Yeah. Last one here. Go versus Born Ultimatum. Born Ultimatum. That movie got a high. That was a high rating, I think. Born Ultimatum. Alex. Yeah, I don't know. I'll say Born Ultimatum too, despite Go being so good. It was Go, 92 versus 83. Wow, that makes me happy about Go. I love Go. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Makes me so happy that I got a high rating. Yeah, so the winner is actually Abe. So, good job, Abe. Uh, but between you guys, it was Eric. It was no high fives are given. Uh, <laughs> five questions and that was on a scale of. All right, thanks for that. Let's do a little Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are new movies coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. And we have quite a few here. Um, we have Cosmos. Space time adventure. Uh, maybe? Journey. I don't, I don't know. Cosmos is great. Okay, all right. If you want free knowledge, just tune into Fox every Sunday. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. Yes. I was yeah. like, I haven't heard of this movie, Cosmos. No, it's just the show Cosmos gotcha. comes out this week. Just in time for Father's Day. Get your father some Neil deGrasse Tyson. Next up, we have Jack Ryan, um, about as forgettable as the name Jack Ryan. Yeah. No, that, that movie Pass. was uh, always was uh, pretty boring. <laughs> don't watch it. Uh, but then we have Nonstop. Yes! Go see this movie. That was super fun, nonstop. I haven't seen it. I've been, like, planning to watch it. That's a, that's just a fun time in the movie. Movies. Yeah. yeah. Movie. I'm trying not to watch it right before I get on a plane, though, but maybe <laughs> you'll, be, yeah. you'll be more, you'll be no, no, more you'll, inspired. You'll be okay, yeah, because <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be like, oh, save you. no one's taking over this plane. Yeah. No, I, I, I only think that if Liam Neeson is sitting next to me, <laughs> otherwise I'll be like, there's no Neeson on this plane. <laughs> Uh, then we have Tim's Vermeer. Did you see Tim's Vermeer, Alex? Yes, I love Tim's Vermeer. It's awesome. Awesome movie. Directed by, uh, Pen, uh Pen, Teller. Right? Or I think it's, I think Teller did it. I think they yeah, both yeah. produced it or whatever. I think Teller's the actual director. Yeah, it's but, awesome. But uh, yeah, this, this is a neat doc that I've been wanting to check out for a while. I know Adam Gentry's been like trying, it's been killing me to try and get this movie. Let's see. Then we have Alan Partridge. Uh, the Steve Coogan comedy based on his popular TV character from back in the day. This movie's I saw this movie while I was in, while I was flying from Africa. It's really funny. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it had a limited release in theaters here, and now it's coming out on Blu-ray. I think I actually I get to review the Blu-ray for it, which I'm excited because I like I like this movie. It's very funny. I like Steve I like Steve Coogan a lot. So. True Detective season one. Yeah, check it out. Which is fantastic. Ray Donovan season one, which I, it has Lee Schreiber. Good so things I, about I, it. I, but I've heard good things. Off. Yeah. I've heard that no, I heard that it started like okay and then got great. Oh, okay, so. good. 
So at some point I'll yeah. maybe check it out. Showtime. Um, Klondike. This is a History Channel miniseries that I enjoyed. Um, it's about got the a, ice cream? Yeah, it's about the ice cream oh, bar. Great. It's on History Channel. It's a whole three three day documentary about the uh, what we used to do. <laughs> for the, uh... No, it's about the um, the uh, the um, Alaskan uh, Yukon. Yeah. And and um, it has um, what's his name? Uh, Rob Stark from Game of Thrones is in it. But um, I and narrating? Uh, not narrating. Yeah. No, he's like the star. But no, it was good. It was a solid uh, miniseries. Ah. Um, and four Spike Lee movies hit. Blu-ray this week in two different like in two volumes. One, the first volume has 25th Hour and He Got Game, aka the good volume. Yes, I was like, those are both good movies. <laughs> and the other volume includes only one good movie, which is Summer of Sam and also Miracle at Saint Anna. What's neat about these is that they all, all four of these movies have new commentaries recorded with Spike Lee, which makes me really excited for um, 25th Hour because it's him and Edward Norton. So I'm like, oh, I need to check that out immediately because I love 25th Hour. But I also really like uh, Summer of Sam, which I watched the other day, and it has a commentary with him and John Leguizamo, and it's fantastic. Like it's funny. Like I've read a lot about Spike Lee that make me makes me think that like he seems like a dick in real life, but like listening to him, it's like this. I just want to hang out with Spike Lee. He just looks like a fun guy to be. With. Go to the go to a Knicks game with him and Alex yeah. Billington. Yeah, there we go. I'll meet Alex. We'll meet up. Yeah. We'll get some tickets to a Knicks game. Yeah. We'll, we'll storm the front, and we'll just say <laughs> no. It's all right. We were here the whole time. Yeah. Courtside oh. seats right next to Spike. Thanks, Spike Lee. Got it. Then when you come here, we'll go to a Lakers game. We'll sit next to Jack. Jack Yeah. <laughs> Come on, and, and we'll get in the front, and we'll be like, we've been here the whole time. And the guy will be like, I want the truth. And Jack will go to me like, can you take them away? They're yeah. They're yeah. <laughs> <Run him laughs> a mojo. All right. Uh, let's get to next week's talk here. Next week, we're going to talk about how to train your dragon 2, yes. um, Electric Boogaloo. And, um, That's not the real title. Not yet. Well, I'll change it. And uh, we'll probably, we'll, if we do anything for 22 Jump Street, um, we'll, it'll be either in the quickies or yeah. like a separate thing or something. We'll, we'll talk about 22 Jump Street in some capacity because I am excited to see it. I just watched 21 Jump Street again. It's so funny. If you oh, haven't yeah. seen How to Train Your Dragon, the original, you should go watch that. It's one of my favorite animated films of all time. But yeah, that's, uh, oh, last thing. Uh, my favorite new segment. What should people go see now? What, like, what movie would you recommend people going to see right now? Alex? Give me two seconds. <laughs> as much as I would love to say Edge of Tomorrow, I was going to come up with something a little bit better. So That's what I was going to say. I'll go first right now, because I am going to say Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Go see it. Yeah, see it. No, I was going to say... <laughs> Make it unanimous. Uh, 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 edge of Tomorrow, I guess. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we successfully coerced, no, coerced Alex into... I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to be coerced into being unanimous. Um... <laughs> No, otherwise I would have said Chef, maybe, yeah, or sure. some, there's a bunch of indies out right now that are really good. There's a bunch. <laughs> Just random stuff, so, like, the double is really great. Alex, or, I mean, Aaron uh, had some mixed opinion on that. Yeah, I thought the double was alright. Mm. Eisenberg's fine, he's good. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash aaronsps4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag, uh, nothing to hashtag. It's a long hashtag. Yeah. Alex Billington, where can people find more of your work? Uh, as always, at firstshowing.net and on Twitter at firstshowing. And, of course, you can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwlod.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our site, our, our show, along with other Sean shows about comics and games and fun stuff like that. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. 
And, of course, email us, outnowpodcast.gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Edge of Tomorrow or anything else that we might have discussed today or any other podcast. We always like getting emails. And you can always interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. Or you can tweet at us, comments, questions, anything, at twitter.com slash outnowpodcast. And lastly, our Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. You can follow us there. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say in audible form. And, um, you know, we can play it on the show. So, with all that said, Alex, thank you for joining us today to talk Edge of Tomorrow and more. Of course, thanks for having me on as always. For sure. And um, let's see, until next time when we learn how to train Dragon 2, that's uh, going to do it so, so long. And goodbye. This time tomorrow. trailer for it tomorrow this is not the end listen i'm gonna tell you something this is not the end your very lives could depend on it yeah it's like the more the longer i talk the more we're gonna leave. Or, yeah. he's not gravelly he's not oh, <laughs> like, yeah it's not, he's tom cruise and then uh, it's got to move into uh him on the battlefield like, yeah montage scene and, and then it's uh, like come find me when you wake up <laughs> And then, yeah. know, just play this. This is the trailer right here. <laughs> we, we do save these for later. <laughs> anyway. Just in case we need them. Yeah. <laughs> we need to fill time. We'll just add in these trailer recordings that we do. Then you better start over, don't you? What?